Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about everything to do with film. As always I am joined by my partner in crime who's sadly not in the same room as me this week, Mr Sean Mean. Sean how's it going? I'm good Connor. and look in many ways I'm always with you. Mm. You know like Emotionally. Oh, yeah. I forget you can't see me. I was pointing at the roof. <laughs> it's an audio platform. Let's just keep that in mind. I I, I forget. I forget yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were in the same room together last week for the 100 episode Spectacular. We're back to basics this week. I think we will be back together next week for the 102 episode because that's the special one. Ex- that, yes. And, like, the, and that's also barring any intervention from forces we can't control which let's be honest we're all used to at this point of the year i'm assuming at one stage the armageddon will come with the year we're having i'm just assuming i can't make it on saturday sean there's an armageddon happening on the friday and i'll say that's not fucking good enough (laughs) send me a sick note you dickhead (laughs) (laughs) so there's been lots of news because last week we actually did a Q and a and we didn't get to any movie news. Well, we we chatted about movies, but not what was happening at the time. And so we've got a whole week and a half to two weeks of movie news just piled up. And we got to get through it. Now, there is going to be one or two things that are not hot on the button. For example, we will be discussing the June trailer. but And that came out uh, maybe over a week ago. But I felt like... It was important to discuss, because it's a big movie, and obviously we were a bit busy last week. Um, But we are starting this week, Sean, with something I know that is very close to your heart. And that is... Your She-Hulk. Oh, of course. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Even better than my heart. (laughs) 
She-Hulk. Um, so the Disney Plus series, they are doing a Disney Plus series of She-Hulk. Um, and they have finally cast the lead actress to play the character. And that is Tatiana Maslany. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But she has been cast in the role Variety has confirmed. Sean, what are your thoughts on this? She looks great for the role. I'm really excited for the She-Hulk series, mainly because I don't know how they're going to approach it, which interests me. Because for those that don't know, She-Hulk, a.k.a. Jennifer Walters, is Bruce Banner's cousin and is a superhero, can transform... uh, Depends which which version you read. She can either transform at will. In some versions, she's always She-Hulk. Like he he was in um, Endgame. Yeah, and she she retains her intelligence the same way. And that's important because she's also a lawyer. And a lot of times she's a lawyer to superheroes. She was um, a lawyer to Spider-Man, wasn't she, at one stage? She was. So uh, the the plot of it is Spider-Man sues the Daily Bugle for defamation. For looking for pictures of Spider-Man constantly. Get out of my fucking face. And they think like, okay, Jack. Uh, I was going to say J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> no, no, they're the same. They're the same he, man. He has enough money. This could set Spider-Man and his whole operation up for ages. But mm. it's decided then that the fault lies with Peter Parker <laughs> because he took the photos and sold the photos. So Peter Parker's basically suing himself. Yes, so Spider-Man goes to She-Hulk and is like, oh, look, Peter Parker, he's a good guy. He can't afford this. I'm dropping the case. And She-Hulk's just like, you could be a millionaire. So she, that's a kind of her role in the comics. Also, she is very similar to Deadpool in that she breaks the fourth wall all the time. Is that correct? Yes, she is aware that she's a comic character. Yeah. And she's just a really, she's a very cool character to have. And I think with Mark Ruffalo, he's done very well as the Hulk. But She-Hulk is such a cool character in her own right that I think it was always a good idea to have a Disney Plus series with her in it. Because I think she's a great Disney Plus series character, if that makes sense. Maybe not movies currently, because I think Ruffalo is still in or out, we don't know. But maybe if you did a Disney Plus on the side and then brought her in after you introduced her that way. Yeah, and it's an it's a good way to introduce other characters as well because through her you can introduce like street level heroes who maybe are just finding their feet and things like that, and then they like can become Daredevil, more maybe in a Netflix format. Well, the parallels there, if you look at it, like Daredevil is also a lawyer who fights crime. Mm. You know, so like in a way, Daredevil or She Hulk can kind of fill that role on Disney Plus, if you get me. I w- yeah, imagine that- if this was a courtroom drama. <laughs> just the two of them arguing back and forth. Just a blind man shouting at a big green woman. Hey, you! Come here! But he doesn't know and no one's told him she's green. <laughs> yeah, everyone's told him he's, she's five foot one. <laughs> All right, you, you dickhead. But I I'm I just think that it's a, it's a really interesting character to base a show around. and I like that they're... Not not that it's taken a risk so much, but they're doing something that's not predictable. Mm. And and I think that's always that's why Disney Plus is there. Like Disney Plus is there so you can try shit. 
Like, just throw stuff at the wall. Not that this is throw. Not that this is shit. I'm saying, but this is Disney Plus is the perfect outlet for your mad ideas. That maybe you do a She-Hulk movie. Maybe it would make five hundred million dollars. It might make only two hundred million. Whereas if you do the Disney Plus series first, introduce her, and then if she gets seriously pop- popular that way, then you can bring her into the MCU and have her on a on a wider audience scale. Exactly, like, and because Spider-Man's going to need a lawyer at some point, like Tom Holland. He's going to sue himself. He's going to sue himself again. But like, <laughs> He's getting sued for being too damn chairman. Damn you, Tommy <laughs> Holland. <laughs> Those baby blues are illegal, <laughs> sir. Uh, but it's, it's cool as well, because with the Disney Plus stuff, from everything we've seen, like behind the scenes and trailers and everything like that, they look to be putting movie-level budgets and production behind what is is essentially like television shows mm. well, which that's is because that, like, disney own everything disney own everything and they can throw not only can they throw things at the wall and see what sticks they can follow that up with a big pile of money that completely <laughs> knocks over the wall <laughs> yeah. and if you don't like it they'll just tell you that wall never existed and build another wall five meters from there what about this new one huh that's a pretty and good charge one. charge 30 quid to look at that wall, <laughs> even though that wall is becoming free in December. Even though that wall is Mulan. <laughs> Damn you, Disney Plus! <laughs> Curse you! <laughs> um, also, Tatiana Maslany is an incredible actress. Um, people would probably best know her for being an orphan black. Um, I think that's run for like five seasons, I think it had. And she was nominated for three Emmys at a Golden Globe during the five years that it was on. And she won the Emmy... Um, third in 2016 so this isn't just someone they found off the street this is probably one of the best actresses working today yeah and like can clearly you know do long term good performances in a show like it's not just a one and done it's like consistently delivering excellence because that's an interesting concept like to to be in a show like this it's very different from say doing one season of something and you come in, maybe even just do a few episodes. Like, if you were the lead character in a show, you have got to carry that whole show. Like, Stephen Amell has that whole thing with Arrow, where by the end of it, he was just exhausted. Because if there's... If you're if the show is called Arrow, and you are Arrow, then there's maybe, what, 200 scenes in, a, in an episode. You're in 197 of them. So you are there all day, every day, for years. Yeah, like, you are just... You are in that machine. That is your mm. life at that point. So... Like, I think they've found a good person to carry that. And someone who has experience working, as I said earlier, like a long, you know, a long production schedule and a repeated production schedule. But also, like, Orphan Black is one of the best shows that, ever, that you know, to be made in the last few years. Mm. So they know quality, like, and they know what a bad set would be like if they were on it. And so she might walk in and not, she's obviously not going to start pointing at people saying, you're wrong, you're wrong. But if she walks out and goes, I think we could improve this. This is not so great in the first season. Sometimes what happens is someone gets cast and they're kind of like, I don't know, a deer in the headlights. Like you get cast and you're like, I'm just happy to be here. But she has been an orphan black, which as you said, is one of the best shows. So she's going to walk in and go, we can do this better. Like this is a 6 out of 10, but we can move it up to an 8 if we just do this instead of this. And yeah, that'll the key hold, there... That, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, that can only make the show better in the long run. Yeah, and the key there is that Disney need to like not be Disney about it and to trust <laughs> the people working on the show. <laughs> Never going to happen. 
Never going to happen. Actually, Let's yeah, ask yeah. a focus Let's write She-Hulk off altogether. <laughs> um, so yes, Tandy Adam's Laddie has been cast as She-Hulk. I think it's great casting. I'm looking forward to She-Hulk as a show. I think She-Hulk as a character is just really fun. And she could get the same cult following that Deadpool has. She just needs the platform. Exactly. And it's family friendly. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're moving on to our next piece of news, and that is a pandemic heist movie, Sean. For the times mm. that we're in it, you know what I mean? The global bastard sweeping the world. It wasn't going to be long, right? So sit about the minute. They're maybe on the back foot. Maybe they're thinking, we got to adapt. Adapt to the situation. Well, worry no more, because they've all got away. They've all had a few bit of a script-writing drafts thrown out. And they've come back with Anne Hathaway starring in a movie that is about a pandemic heist. What do you think? Didn't we predict this? That there'd be a bunch of movies centred around pandemics? <laughs> yes. And like, and, and, that, and that's fine. Like, right for what you know, I guess. But I, this is a movie that... What, what, what way are they planning for this to be successful? Because if they release... You would think that you would release it during a pandemic, right? <laughs> so now, to, really? To maximum brand recognition, you know. Mm. But also, but if also, you release it, yeah. to, no one's going to go. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to yeah. go to the... No one went to see Tenet. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. And then if you release it after the pandemic, no one wants to remember the <laughs> pandemic. It was two weeks ago, and they released this movie like, fuck off. We just got out of it. What are we you showing this to me? Let it die. And <laughs> let... It'll be one of these things that's studied by historians in the future. Of like, yeah, this is how they coped after the, you know, just before the world ended. They all watched mm. Anne Hathaway be in a socially distanced heist movie, which yeah, I would yeah. argue most heists you stay away from people. You gotta stop being socially active when you're doing a heist. Do no chatting to anyone. That's rule one. <laughs> rule one. I've seen it from Ocean's Eleven. Nobody talks to anybody. Rule two, wear a mask. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Cameras are everywhere. you got to cover that identity, Anne. Did, have, is, that, is this all we know about? That just Anne Hathaway is in a, a socially distant heist movie? Uh, Doug Lyman will direct it. So what Doug, has Doug, Doug Lyman directed? Doug Lyman has done uh, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Oh. Right. Um, he's also his credits also include the Born Identity, Swingers, and Jumper, uh, Hayden Christensen's finest hour. Do you know? I'm not mad. <laughs> it's a good director. It's a good director. I forgot that Edge of Tomorrow uh, was a good movie for a second. I forgot that I liked that movie. Yeah. Um, but I also think this movie doesn't sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's also said to be working on the movie with Tom Cruise in space. So he's a busy man. He's sending Tom Cruise to space and Anne Hathaway into a movie about the pandemic. Which of the which of those two movies do you think demands more of his attention at the minute? I mean, I think Tom Cruise demands twenty four seven care, <laughs> just attention care. at all times. <laughs> like if you look away for five seconds, it is a toddler with a blowtorch. Like he will set something on fire to he's get just you to look back, kill himself and everyone around him. <laughs> Look at me, look at me, I'm doing backflips. No, oh, no, yes, Tom. Tom. <laughs> He's like, right, Anne, this is what I want you to do with the scene. Oh, wait, no, fuck, Tom's gone running, jumping off buildings again. Look, Tom, did you break both angles? Continue to wash your hands for 20 <laughs> seconds at a time, all right? <laughs> yeah, I think you are completely right about this pandemic movie. It's a pandemic heist movie that is also a romantic comedy, they say. 
Um, and so right. I think Anne Hathaway is a great actress. I'm sure she'll be very good in it. But I, I do find it amusing that Hollywood is like, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to capitalise off this pandemic. But by the time this movie comes out, because they've only started filming it, it's, um, they're only starting to film this next week. So by the time the movie comes out, we will be either into 2022 or late 2021, surely. Yeah, and let's hope it's all sorted by then. But, mm. you know, but surely this is like, oh, it's coming out on Netflix. You know, there's no way this is getting a theatrical release. No, I don't think so. Um, it, it's meant to have a very modest budget as well of under like 20 million. So I'm sure this is Netflix bound. I, yeah. Yeah, like, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Some some great movies are Netflix exclusives, but no, I don't. No, think no, I wasn't saying that movie. as a negative. I just, I just think it has a slower budget. But I mean, if it's made for twenty million, you put it out into the cinemas, and people are allowed to go see it, you will make like quadruple that easily. True. Um, did side absolute side note? Did you watch the Eurovision movie on Netflix? I did. Did I not tell you about it? No, we weren't talking about it at all. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I, I, I think it's real good. And I think it's, <laughs> it's one of ridiculous. the best things to come out of the pandemic. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's Will Ferrell and... Um, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Um, and they are part of Iceland's Eurovision bid. And they go... And also Demi Lovato's in it. And, yeah. <laughs> and so they go to the Eurovision Song Contest qualifiers... And it goes okay, but then all the other stage, all the other Iceland competitors all die in an explosion, and they have to go represent Iceland. It's it's genius. <laughs> it's so dumb and it's genius. And I, I, it's honestly, I had so much just genuine fun watching it. Mm, yeah, if if you walk in expecting a proper movie, you will not get it. But if you just go, this is going to be dumb fun. It's dumb fun. It'll it'll cheer up an evening. And it has like actual like Eurovision energy, you know? Because oh, it's just... non-stop! Did you see the this? There's a whole singing seg- section in a house party, yeah. and they just bring back past winners of Eurovision, but it's shot like a music video. It's uh, and none of it makes any sense, no. and it's all a bit camp and shit, and it's, <laughs> that's why it's so Eurovision. I don't think Americans know like Eurovision is had to come across the Atlantic. I don't think so. They are. They, they have. Uh, they have like the, the great American song contest. I think that they oh, have this yeah, year yeah. or next year, surely. But yeah, uh, no. I, we would recommend that. That'll be a good opener if you don't know what we're talking about here. Yeah, watch that. Then watch every previous Eurovision and just just hate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and that is actually related to singing and singers, oh. and it's oh. kind of a good segue. Thanks for bringing is it, it up. No, Madonna oh. to direct oh. and co-write her own biopic. Yes, <laughs> I've never been hit with such a wave of not giving a shit. <laughs> so we've had Rocket Man. We've had Bohemian Rhapsody, but you know what they did wrong? They what? didn't get people who were in the band or part of the act to write the movie and direct the movie themselves. That's what, see, they, Elton John came in as a script advisor. What the fuck is that? Madonna sure. said, no, no, no. I'm going to direct 
and write my own biopic, which I definitely will not be biased in showing the good side of Madonna. I was just going to say, like, that defeats the point of a biopic, <laughs> which is like, oh, you get to see all the nitty gritty dramatic details. Yeah. Whereas Madonna's, let's be fair, all right? Mad- Madonna, iconic performer, singer, artist, everything like that. Also, a little bit dramatic. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And yeah. I just think maybe giving a, and, and also artsy and weird. I think that's fair to say as well. So but I think Elton John is, is also like. is also extravagant and artsy and weird. But I think they did the smarting of maybe getting somebody who's a professional writer to write the movie and then a professional director to direct the movie. That's fair, but like have you like my, Madonna, I think, is proper weird because <laughs> have you seen the video of her talking about the pandemic? No, it's just her sitting in a bath filled with roses, and she's in like the fetal <laughs> position, and she's just staring off into the middle distance and just rambling about masks and shit. <laughs> so you you looked at that video at top. That woman needs a typewriter and a script stat. <laughs> just give it to her. <laughs> Give her some blank pieces of paper and a, pe- and a pen, and we're going to get there. It could also be a very genius move by a movie studio because if she's involved, they might not have to pay as much royalties. Mm, yeah, uh, she wanted. To, this is her. Um, this is her saying to the media what what it's going to be about. So she said, "I want to convey the incredible journey that life has taken me on as an artist, a musician." A dancer, a human being, trying to make her way in this world, she said in the statement. The focus of this film will, al- will always be music. Music has kept me going and, and art has kept me alive. There are so many untold and inspiring stories, and who better to tell it than me? Hmm, maybe <laughs> a filmmaker? I, I think even on the most basic level, would you like to write a, a direct a movie about yourself? No! That's no, I don't. Because no. for exactly the reasons I've been saying is that everyone who thinks about that movie is just going to say, "Ah, yeah, but he made it look good, didn't he?" He'd want yeah. it to look, you know, he'd want to show himself being great, and that's true. I would. <laughs> I was saving all those kids all around the world in orphanages, and uh, and like now, my biopic would essentially be. I mean, we have to cast you, first of all. Re- retired space cowboy Sean Meehan, who saves kids from orphanages. <laughs> Swallows nuclear bomb to save city. <laughs> and that's just the first act. We haven't even gotten to the dramatic bits. Oh, that's pre-titles, my friend. <laughs> pre-titles. Then it pops up, Sean, in big bold writing. <laughs> yeah. It's not Rocket Man. It's not Bohemian. It's just Sean. Have you seen Sean? I haven't seen him recently. No, no, no. I meant the fucking movie. It's fucking. Oh great. no, I haven't seen it recently. No. Oh, it's it's really good. It's really good. I didn't expect so much sex scenes, but he put them in there. You have to respect it. Pre-titles and everything. <laughs> everything <laughs> is pre-titles. The titles come at the end. It's how it's how yeah. I trick people. They're no, like, "Who's this clever. about?" And then. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody says your name in the whole movie. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you, hero. Come here. Um, I look. I'm not the biggest fan of biopics. 
Uh, I probably won't watch this one much like I haven't watched the other ones. Mm. Yeah. But I also think uh, it could be really, 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 really bad and interesting at the same time. I think I'm more interested because she's doing it herself. Because it just could be mental. If this was just like a vague Hollywood production company was making a Madonna movie, you wouldn't care. I think this could be the disaster artist. Or like oh, the room. <laughs> I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> she just does everything herself. She's so tired. She's like, I'm playing young me as well. They're like, Madonna, no. I'm oh, playing me at 18. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it, oh, look, leave no, her Even off. the we'll child. Even the child. Was <laughs> she's walking around with shoes on her knees. Oh, like, she, I'm oh seven. she's doing method acting. <laughs> yeah, no, she's seven. She's doing the seven-year-old Madonna as well, who learned how to sing when she was that young. Is that is that true? Is that Madonna fact? I actually don't know. I, I don't know many Madonna facts, to be honest with you. Well, you should watch the movie. I should. Well, look, I'm waiting. I'm waiting with bated breath here. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. This is comic book news, Sean. I thought you might like it. Thank God. Yes. Wonder Woman and the Flash team-up movie is teased by DC director Andy Machete. Um, this is the news that uh, Andy Machete, who is uh, one of the directors for the DC movie The Flash, uh, he said, yeah, we want more Flash movies, and I would love to see a two-hander. That's a movie with two stars, two main characters between The Flash and Wonder Woman, maybe. I think they'd be the perfect odd couple, best friends, and I think they would solve a lot of problems in the world with little or no violence, which is always a plus in my book. Sean, there's a lot to delve into here. <laughs> there is a lot to delve into there. I, okay. To start off. Yeah. Of course he wants more Flash movies to be made. Yeah, he's the director. That he's directing sense. the Flash movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I would love more of these. I sure would love more paychecks and such. <laughs> Um, the Flash movie has, I mean, it has been in developmental hell since maybe 2015. So I think he should, I don't think he should jump too far ahead of himself here. We need to get one out before we start moving on to team-ups. Exactly, and this is this is what we've always said about DC, is make a good film first, mm. and then start putting them with other people. No, they, they, he's already thinking about the team-up in number two. He hasn't even finished number one yet. Yeah, and I like how he explains the you know the famous movie industry term of a two-hander. I noticed that as well. I would love to see a two-hander. That's a movie with two stars, <laughs> two main characters. You won't know this, commoners. I feel you could get that by context, and for and also that's not a phrase. <laughs> I was picking up what he was putting down, but I don't think he knew that. Uh, look. Uh, maybe maybe because we're such industry professionals, Connor, we just automatically know what that means. Yeah, that's the take. We both know the phrase two-hander. Two I'm very familiar with two-handers. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's not get childish about this, people. We're very familiar about two-handers. <laughs> Willie, um, uh, <laughs> it's a good one. Um, maybe he did have to clarify. How do I think about it? You know, we fucking took that and ran with it. But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. Well, maybe he was already thinking that he said someone's going to take the piss out of me here. Um, <laughs> so the first movie, as we all know, is based off the Flashpoint storyline. But the second movie could be a team up with him and Wonder Woman. Are they a classic comic book duo? Really? I don't. 
think so, really. They're, mm. they're, they're interactions that we've seen thus far in the DCEU haven't been like, you know, crying out for a, a team-up movie. The chemistry was off the charts. Oh, there was that one part where he fell on her. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, imagine a whole movie of that. Oh, <laughs> him Boba Fett in his way to just falling on Gal Gadot. It was every scene, every scene. <laughs> oh man, that's oh that's terrible. I don't know. I think that's a weird combo. I mean, I like his top process that they would solve problems in the world with little or no violence because the Flash and Wonder Woman are probably the least likely to do that. Um, Superman, as we know, he'll snap anybody's neck. Batman, massive machine gun on his shoulder in this world. Um, a two-hander. A two-hander. Aquaman, I mean, he just gives off a vibe that he will slash you if he wants. And uh, yeah, so, Aquaman in those movies seems like a fighter. Like, he just likes fighting. Yeah, and then you have Cyborg, who, I mean, he could... he could, You should probably move. Like, that that's his famous phrase. That's what he says as he leaps into battle. That's what he says as he tries to stab you. You should probably move. Oh, you didn't. Ha 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 ha. I'm cyborg. I warned you, I'm a hero. Do you think um, this has anything to do with, uh, in the Flashpoint uh, comic, um, when the Flash travels to an alternate dimension, there's a war going on between the Amazons and the Atlanteans. Mm. Do you think maybe like that comes into it, that he gets to know Wonder Woman in a different way? Like, like it just in like, oh, I've seen you fight, but in this universe you don't want to fight? I'm very confused. Maybe that could be a... Yeah, because in the Flashpoint, as you said, Wonder Woman does have a big part in that plot. Um, it could be a scenario where he goes back to that, to Den, in that alternate universe, and becomes friends with that Wonder Woman. And then when he comes back to our universe, he's like, he still has that friendship, but she has no idea who he is, really. And so they're kind of having chats, but from different perspectives. Like, that that's kind of interesting. You know, like you could work it like that. Um, I, I just think... Now, look, they're, they're both actors, so I'm sure they can act like they have chemistry. But I, we haven't seen any so far, so I just think it feels weird. Yeah, if if Justice League came out, we were like, oh, that's a really... Even if there was just one scene where I was like, oh, they have a bit of chemistry. Not even romantic chemistry, just chemistry as two characters. I don't think they said more than two lines to each other. So it's a strange duo to put together. Because right? I think they were setting up a Batman-Wonder Woman team-up, more so than a Flash-Wonder Woman team-up. Yeah, and like it, maybe it's to, it's like to balance power levels or something like that, because we've established in the Justice League that, like, Superman is as fast, if not faster, than the Flash. Yeah, which is a good uh, idea. I love yeah. that. I, oh, great. Flash, <laughs> fastest man alive, until he isn't. <laughs> who's, he's now faced with the man who's also the strongest and faster than him, man alive. And this this version of the Flash is like a huge Batman stan. So it would be, yeah. all, like, you couple them up, you just have the, the Peter Parker, Tony Stark effect. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I I just think it's interesting that they went this way. I, do you think there will be a Flash 2 in no. this current incarnation? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not at all. No, they, they have to just get number one out, surely. Get number one out, recast who you need to recast. Yeah. And then yeah. just try your best not to do it again. 
Oh man. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is news that, Sean, I knew you would like. And this is big news. Is it? This is a Fast and Furious 9 rumour that has been now confirmed. It is fully confirmed, Sean. Oh, Fast, and, Fu- Fast this- and Furious 9. Go on. Is this Fast in Space? Fast and Furious 9, Michelle Rodriguez has confirmed, will go to outer space. Yes. Ludacris previously teased the idea back in July, everyone's famous guy, favourite guy, Ludacris. But no, Michelle Rodriguez has now come out who I would more likely trust than Ludacris. <laughs> in, <laughs> um, in just daily life. Just daily life. And she came out and she said, she, she has confirmed in an interview that they do in fact go to space in Fast and Furious 9 Sean is this where this was always destined to go they've come leaps and bounds from stealing Mm. DVD players haven't they (laughs) Uh, haven't we all and you know they've gotten they're going to go to space can they drive to space is there going to be a scene where Vin Diesel is driving a rocket somehow trying to drift it it, it it's it's very possible. Do mm. you know? Do they Tokyo drift with the Mars rover? Is that where this is going? <laughs> Tokyo drift with the Mars rover, and Jason Statham is still there, and he shoots the he shoots the main character at the end. Yeah, and then he comes back for no good reason. Oh, that'd be good. It's all a time jump. Oh my god, so what happened was, I think it was at number 7, that we found out that number 7, 6 and 5 were actually set before Tokyo Drift. So they actually went back, right? right? And it was a bit of a time jump. But what if at the end of this movie, number 9, we found out this was set in nineteen in the 1960s in America and they were actually the first people that go to outer space and not maybe... They actually went to the moon, not Neil Armstrong. What are our oh, thoughts? Inter- or what if they were on the back of the moon? <laughs> the back of the moon. Finn Diesel would be on the back of the moon. He absolutely would be. <laughs> what, like, but also, you've raised a good point there. What if they? What like? I was going to say it might be too crazy, but they're going to space. Uh, what if there's like a time travel element, right? And it's mm. set a hundred years in the future, where space yeah. travel is like perfect and normal. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, are the cars floating, or do they still have wheels? Oh, they still have to have wheels. Yes, yeah, you have to drift. What? Oh, wait, wait, wait! Like, because maybe they're all electric cars now. So it's a really oh. qu- there's going to be a joke that they time travel to the future and they yeah. try and outrun each other in electric cars, but it's a real quiet chase. <laughs> they're like trying to put NOS in. <laughs> like, quick, use the NOS. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, we don't use that anymore. And he pulls out like a Duracell battery and just shoves it into the dash. No, he tries to use the NOS and the whole city just goes out blackout. Fuck, we just knocked the electricity out for everyone. He's <laughs> just draining the grid. <laughs> but I was so quick over that quarter mile at a time. Oh, Pretty look, cool. I'm going to jump this in slow motion, dude. It's going to be sick. I mean, do you think this is a good idea? Because Seth Rogen came out and he said they went into a pitch meeting like 10 years ago. And as a joke, he said, oh, they should go to space. And one of the one of the producers said, not yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at the time, he thought it was a joke. But now it has kind of come out that they were planning this all along. I mean, I, look, I love uh, forethought being put into a shared universe. Mm-hmm. You know this. Um, but in... 
in Hobbs and Shaw. It'd be the first. It'd be the first movie in, in a few years now that would have forethought put in that was set in space. God, imagine it. Imagine that yeah. happening across a multi-billion <laughs> dollar industry. Oh, fuck. Uh, in um, Hobbs and Shaw, though, don't doesn't isn't there literal superpowers in that? Yeah, Idris Elba has superpowers in that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anything's out of possibility now. Like they could do, they could end up in the MCU at this point, and I wouldn't. In be the shocked. trailer for this movie, that no, number nine is it not the one? Is that not the one that Vin Diesel catches a car? A car gets thrown at him, he kind of catches it while he's standing on top of it. He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, I don't know. No. Well, is that the trailer for Bloodshot? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. They're standing on top of a car. They're on a, it's on a highway. And the car is going, I could only assume, at like, oh, the speed of light. Like, it's very fast shot. Like, they're living one quarter mile at a time. But somebody, somebody throws a car at, at Vinny. And Vinny, in his moment of, of need, he's on top of this moving car and he catches the other car that's after being thrown at him and, like, parries it off to the right. If you watch that trailer, he parries a car instead of, I could only assume, being crushed, which is what everyone else would be. Yeah, like, it's not like he stops the car, but he does no. redirect it. Yeah, He takes that, you know, he takes the momentum of the car out of it and redirects it, which I think is harder to do. Yeah, it's like he's like the avatar of car bending or something. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I just I don't know. I think this could be either an amazing idea or a terrible idea. Um, I'm, where Jory's do you go after out. space? Where do you go after space? Uh, more space, deeper more space. space. Yeah, Mars. Mars. Yeah, like I think I think this one, they're just on. They're just in space. Like, a bunch of mm. stuff just happens in space. Uh, I think the one after it, they land on a new planet. Do you know what this reminds me of? Go on. Saints Row. <laughs> yes! If anyone has played Saints Row, please explain it to them. Okay, so Saints Row started off... Uh, Saints Row 1 is like a Grand Theft Auto clone. And it's mm. just like... It's very similar to Grand Theft Auto. You just run around causing mischief. And then the second one got a bit more mental because they got, like, the Yakuza involved. Yeah. And then in Saints Row the third, all the criminals are, like, celebrities. And, and it's like Grand Theft Auto, but just, like, on... it's it, There's no rules whatsoever. So Grand Theft Auto is, like, still based in real life. But Saints Row is... Everything is just multiplied by ten. Yeah, in the fourth one, like, the, the guy you've played as from the start, who started off as, like, a street thug, is now the president... But then yeah. the Earth gets invaded by aliens and the Earth gets blown up. So now we, you captain a spaceship and you go fight aliens <laughs> in a simulation. Yeah. And then you go, you literally go to hell to get your friend back. Are they going to hell? Is that the next step? If, if they fucking go to hell, I'm all on board. I'm, I'm going to watch all of the movies. Vin Diesel challenging the, the devil to a violin contest. I'd watch it. Oh, it's you know the robot that? devil from Futurama, though. Robot devil from Futurama, of course. And Vin Diesel is just a devil on the violin. Oh, devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know where they can go with this, but they are officially confirmed going to space, which after this is now confirmed, I have lost all faith in all cinema. I don't know where we go as a as a consumer. Is it our fault? 
Or is it the movie's fault that no longer there's no new movies coming out? I don't I think I think it might be partly our fault because even though like I don't go see them on the regular, I do also like I fully support just going balls to the wall crazy on a few movies. Mm. Because fuck it, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> At this point, it really doesn't matter. Um, Okay, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is news, Sean, that I knew would cheer you up. And I'm saying this because it's definitely not going to cheer you up. I knew it. So there was a movie that came out last year. And it was one of your favourite movies. You said it was actually your best movie of the year. It was Joker. Everybody's favourite movie. I thought it was grand. Yeah, many people loved it. It was a cool insight into the dark world of the Joker. That kind of stuff. It wasn't for me, but fair enough. But I thought, we'll be one and done, and we'll be out. And it'll be absolutely fine. But now we've learned, Sean, that Yakin Phoenix has been offered by Warner Brothers $50 million to return for two Joker sequels. That is $25 million per movie. So this is the movie that they've been saying from the start. Oh no, it's just a one and done. There's no, yeah. there's no continued series. Then it made a bajillion dollars. Yeah. And now, fifty million is. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, it was like Daniel Craig getting offered seventy-five. No, it was it seventy-five million each for each movie of the yeah, last two James was, Bonds he's done? I think it took that much money to do it. Yeah, but like, but I think I think like. Artistic morals go out the window past, like, 10 million. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Joker, as we've said, is a movie that is a standalone movie. Now, it's not for me, but I, if people who like it, I'm like, that's fair enough. It's kind of a weird take on the character. Um, I just prefer not seeing how the Joker was created. I just think he's a cooler character that way. But if you just watch the movie for what it is, you're like, okay, that's weird. It's like an Elseworlds, Elseworlds story. Fair enough. But to do two Joker sequels from that, then it becomes a trilogy, and thus becoming a franchise, kind of takes away some of the weird shine Elseworlds idea that you kind of had going to to begin with. Yeah, like you raised a very good point in our Joker review, which was if this movie was called The Clown, you would be totally happy with it. Yes. Um, but like... That, like as soon as you you're right as soon as you start a series then it becomes and what's the future of the series because in surely in Joker 2 they have to bring in like and here's the Penguin and here's the Riddler you know like extra Batman characters and things like that yeah easter eggs because the city can't be the villain every single time or like he, he's gone mental at the end of the first one. How do you come back from it? Was it real? Was it not real, Sean? We didn't know. We didn't so, know. It's a joke. You wouldn't get it. Ha ha ha. Oh, you wouldn't get it. That was classic. It was a good one. But it was like me in school. Whenever I wrote a story, I ended with, and then he woke up. It was pretty good. Um, but you have Yakin Phoenix being offered $50 million to return for Joker 2 and Joker 3. So there is going to be a trilogy. And they are hoping to have the movies ready to go in 2022 and 2024. That's um, a quick turnaround. Yes, because he did take home the Best Actor Oscar earlier this year, if you remember correctly. And it made more than $1 billion at the box office, making it hugely profitable. And so, I think this was always lined up, but it's really sad that they 
that they did it because I think it's going to ruin the first one. That's very true. Can I just make a couple of predictions here right now? Please. Okay, well, first of all, Joker 3, uh, that's going to be Joke 3R is how that, that oh. marketing is going to work. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm already in. Please. Uh, and then uh, Joker 2, it's going to be, the closing shot's going to be the Joker's face, right? You're with me here? Uh, I'm with you. Overlaid over that is the word Joker. And then uh, it fades to black, but the two blue diamonds stay. Uh, The two blue diamonds on his eyes stay. And then that's the, like, two in the Joker 2 logo. Oh. I would have said they would have turned the or into a two. For some unknown reason. I don't know how they would do it. Joke 2, joke harder. Joke 2, this time it's personal electric boogaloo. It's, uh, I, I, mm, I think they're not going to be as, uh, I wasn't going to say, I was going to say good, but they're not, I think, going to be as critically well received as the first one was, I don't think, because now they have to, first of all, they have to live up to the first one and the second one is now going to set up the third one by design. Yeah, and I think the first one lived a lot off the controversies. Like, the controversy of the first movie was what drove the sales. So, you had to come down on one side. Either you were like, oh, it's it's like dark and edgy and it's cool. And like, anyone who doesn't like it and doesn't like the controversy is a dickhead. And then on the other side, it's like, we shouldn't be showing this. This is a promoting violence. And that was really what sold the first movie for a lot of people. People either went to go see it because they didn't like it. Or they went to go see it because they were like, oh, I like it now because it's against, it's against the culture to like this kind of stuff. And I think the second one won't have that same oomph because you've already done it once before. Yeah, and if, the, like, and it will raise the inevitable question of, like, does this tie into Matt Reeves as the Batman? And, and director Todd Phillips will be returning. All three Ooh, times. Hangover <laughs> one, two, and three director Todd Phillips. <laughs> Our favourite director here on the pod. Um, see, I think as well, from what we've seen of the Batman, that looks like a more violent and brutal universe. Mm. So I don't. I, I think you're right that this won't even have that to ride on. As like, oh no, this is like the gritty DC story. Do you think they'll bring him back to put him in with Pattinson? Uh, I think... Uh, I don't know. I think I think in their head, everyone like all the suits in DC want that, or all the, mm. everyone in Warner Brothers wants that. But I don't think it's the right call. I think just let Pattinson's thing be its own thing because that's already been a trilogy. I also don't think it's feasible because if Pattinson is what maybe in that movie, I'm trying to think, is he like eight? When you come out with a cinema, maybe ten. Yeah, so, so 10. Pattinson. Pattinson is what, 25? So it's 15 years later. Yaki and Phoenix looks the exact same 15 years later, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, how old is he in Joker? Like 40? Um, I think, yeah, I think he's 40 himself, yeah. Yeah, so... twenty. Like, I know we always say that, you know, the Joker will never be Batman hand-to-hand. But is, you know, 25-year-old Batman versus... 55-year-old Joker. Is that a fair fight? I think he's going to break that old man's bones. I think that old man's bones might break himself eventually. Yeah, and I don't think he's even that old. Like, 55 isn't that old, but if you're coming up against a 25-year-old, 
Dig, they don't do that in UFC. <laughs> 55-year-old, let's throw him in with the 25-year-old. But to, like, but to be fair, the Joker survived quite the car crash that killed two other men at the end of that movie. Oh, he did. He's very tough, to be fair to him. Um, Just walked it off. They also, Bradley Cooper was one of the producers on the first one. And so they're looking for a long-term commitment of Yakin Phoenix and Todd Phillips with producer Bradley Cooper. So they want to keep the three of them together for a lo- as long as possible. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know how I feel about it. Well, I do know I think it's a bad idea. But if you're going to do it, I think it makes the worst, first one worse which I kind of want to happen. <laughs> so please, please continue. I don't, yeah, I, like, it might make the first one, like, it has a different weight in retrospect. I don't, like, the the, the movie is staying the exact same. It's just how we view it, if you get me. Mm. Like the way watching the first four seasons of Game of Thrones is pretty rough now. I, I, you know what? I, I was thinking about that last week. That is so weird because I was just like, has there ever been a mo- a show that or a movie that has so impacted the good bits of that project by being so bad at the end? I don't think so because, like, if you look at like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, these are massive series that years after they finished are still going strong, and mm. like Game of Thrones finished last year. And no one gives a shit. And it just vanished. It just... And that that was the show that won so many awards. Like, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones were like, what's your favourite shows? Oh, it's Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, it's- like, it's one of them. And Breaking Bad, as they stuck the landing more than Game of Thrones. I don't think there's ever been a show that didn't stick the landing as good as Game of Thrones or as bad as Game of Thrones did, ha- having such high highs before yeah, like, that. Game of Thrones missed the landing and landed on the detonator for an orphanage (laughs) and so you're saying the Joker will be the movie version of that I'm saying it's just possible Mm, okay Um, okay so we're going to finish off our movie Mondays talk this week with the big trailer that came out last week and that is the trailer for June Um, not July Sean (laughs) fucking hell Connor you've been workshopping that one I got a few lads in, we went through a few drafts, and that's what was the best we could come up with, to be honest with you. Um, but what I will say is, before we start this, one of our Patreons, Mr. Ed Ball, is possibly the biggest fan of June I've ever met. And so, I'm worried that we are idiots, and we may butcher this, our review of it. Because I will admit, I've never actually seen June. You are reading June currently, as I, I we am speak, currently reading Jews. Currently, June. as we speak... Yeah. And so, that is where we are. So we can only... I, I'm kind of watching this as a completely novice. As a complete novice, just somebody who goes to the cinema, sees a trailer for something. And Sean, you have a bit of knowledge, but not a lot. I, I, I'll be honest, everyone. I have roughly 150 pages worth of knowledge. <laughs> and it took you four months to read those 150. Some said you were a slow reader. Some said you couldn't read. You said no. Uh, that were true. And to those I said, could a man that couldn't read do this? And then I stared at a book for 40 minutes. <laughs> Didn't turn the page. Could, Just really the confused. Page. <laughs> no, you had to finish the page before you could turn it. Like, um, So this is the first trailer for June. Sean, what did you think of the trailer? Just overall, we can get into the nitty gritty after that. Uh, okay, so 
this looks this trailer looks really good. It looks like a world that has been lived in. Mm. And um like it looks faithful to what I imagine the books to be like, which I think is quite good, but I also have a very surface level understanding and respect of the books. I can't stress this enough, lads. Mm. Yeah. Cannot uh, stress this enough. He is dumb as shit. Don't Please take continue. As bricks. So <laughs> take it. I like the that the scene of um the old woman telling Timothy Chalamet to put his hand in a box. Right? Yeah. That is the opening like chapter of the book. Right, okay. So he's that's his training to be like the best he can be. It's not so much a training as it is a test to see if he if he's <clears throat> from what I can understand at the minute. He's, he's like kind of a chosen one type type deal. Yeah, because um the first book was written in 1965. And so I've done a lot of crash course studying um, over the last week to try and get ready for this review. And what I was getting was, because it was written in 1965, this kind of spawned a lot of the, there's a chosen one of the story from Star Wars and stuff like that. Yeah, and like, it's it, it's going to be quite cool now to see, because there was a Dune movie before this, but it wasn't great. Oh yeah, David Lynch's movie. Yeah, and... This this seems like it's it's leaning much more towards kind of how to put it like the box office adventure type uh, sci fi movie. Mm. Like I feel there's you and may, and it's because see it's weird talking about June now because my a lot of my reference is like oh it's like Star Wars, but like Star Wars is a lot like June. <laughs> yeah, in in reality, like yes. George Lucas is just like that looks pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, so so you can see elements of Star Wars in this trailer, which is directly referencing from Dune. But it's interest. It's interesting that those are the elements they use to appeal to a broader audience. You know, it's like Star it's- Wars distilled it down into mass appeal. And I, I think a movie like this kind of needs that bit. I think a lot of people who would be diehard fans of this, they would want it to keep that weird age that it has. Or like um, the quirkiness of that, like, this is like like Blade Runner 2049. Like, it's an amazing movie, but I don't think they did it as well as they could to make it, not, not mass appeal, but make it so that it'll make enough money that they'll keep doing them. Get enough people in, and I think this has done that. For, this is only one trailer, but I think this is definitely do making a better attempt at it. Because as much as you want anything to be like, right, we're just going to make it just like the book. We're going to do this exactly the way it is, and it might be really cool for the diehard fans and people who love this stuff. But you also need to get more people into it as well. And a book is very hard to adapt at the best of times, anyway. So you kind of need to, even for the first hour, talk down to everyone like they're idiots. This is a thing. They're all looking for this. Okay, now let's move on. Yeah, see, there's a lot of, in in the book at the minute, and look, spoilers for all of this, but I don't know enough to actually spoil shit. Um, okay. There's, like, there's a conspiracy at play as well. So if you think of it that there's, there's two families who are both very powerful, but one wants more power than the other. Yeah. Uh, 
so the the planet of fucking hell, Arrakis, the the Dune, is uh, it's rich in spice, and there are spice mines, and so the whole, the whole planet is made of it. It's in the sand, isn't it? Yeah, as far as, yeah, yeah, I think so. And so, um, controlling that is 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 unreal. It's great, and uh, Timothy Chalamet's father has been appointed like controller of this land. Uh, and that's why but you it's, hear... It's, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's very like Game of Thrones, because he's been appointed for that land, but not because they like him. He's been appointed for that because it's like, it's a fucking shit mission, really, in the grand scheme of things. Well, like, they even say, like, um, oh, my father owns this planet or something, and they say, oh, he'll lose it. Yeah. You know, um... But it's like, he, and now, like, the whole, everyone has a target on their back. Because you control this, you control a very, a lot of money uh, in in the universe. Because in the universe, the most, um, the most treasured thing is the spice. So everybody's after that. Like, all, every rich person wants the spice because it makes you young again, makes you more powerful, makes you, it's just a great thing to have. And so the, everybody in the whole universe wants it. And so they're on a planet that's completely covered in it. And so it seems like a good idea, but then you realise, oh, everybody's coming after us. Yeah. And also sandworms. Sandworms and the people who were already living on that planet are not too happy about these new rich people turning up expected to take over their planet. No. And they, and they very much learned to live with the planet as well. God, there's a lot mm. of parallels to a lot of things here, isn't there? <laughs> Game of Thrones, Star Wars, it's all been combined together. But I just... Um, it, it looks to me like a very uh, worthwhile adaption that's going to appeal to a larger audience, which I mm. think is good. And the way they're marketing it is like, this is the new space epic. And the cast is amazing. Cast is unreal. Yeah, like you have, just to name off the top of my head, you've got Timothy Chalamet, you've got Zendaya, you've got um, Jason Momoa, you've got Oscar, Oscar Isaac, um, Javier Bardem is in this at one point. Did I see uh, Batista? Uh, Batista is also in it, he is um, one of the villains, and uh, a Skarsgård brother is also the main villain. I love, I love if we can just call him a Skarsgård brother. I think it's Bill. I think it's Bill. Is it Bill? <laughs> I think it's Bill. Well, if Bill Skarsgård's in it, it's probably going to be great. I, I mean, he's not in any bad things. He's I'll pretty penny-wise, Connor. Oh. <laughs> no? Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Um, no, it's, oh, oh, stop clowning around. <laughs> stop. <laughs> no, just stop. No oh, puns. Okay. Don't bury um, me in a pet cemetery. <laughs> oh, for, okay, I'm moving on. Um, you have, uh, I think, the main thing I took from it, as as I said, I am a complete novice when it comes to this stuff. I've just kind of done a crash course online before talking about it. Um, but in in my from my viewpoint, I think it looks like, as you said, a space epic that definitely... I love the visuals and the tone it's going for, and I think it looks really beautiful. Like, um, Dennis Villanova is directing it, and he's obviously an amazing director. And so I think it could be a sci-fi... Could, this could be the next big sci-fi movie, if they play it right, with that cast, that director, and you also have... You also have this whole, like... It's on... 
it's on um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh they haven't go- they haven't gone over this before properly. Like David Lynch tried it but he didn't do it properly. So it's all just sitting there. It's just untapped potential for like a whole trilogy. Yeah, and it's almost definitely like best adapted screenplay at the Oscars, right? Or like at this least nominated. This is also a two parter, by the way. The first one. It is rumoured to be a two-parter. So, part one will be a setup, and I think part two will be, like, all-out war. Okay, like, that's fair. Like, I think that's a grand way of doing things, because it is... There is a... It's... it's, it's there's a lot of meat to it, you know, and you don't want to chop stuff out. I think, um... In... I, I think it'll be very, like, weirdly alien. Like, they'll arrive on the planet, and you're just waiting for the buttering to start. Like, they're going to arrive and they're like, wow, everything's great. This whole planet is great. It's full of all the spice. And then there'll be just minutes where you're just like, someone's going to die. There's going to be several seconds where you're like, yeah, it's it's happening in the next ten minutes. Yeah, like, I'm, just, I'm ready for it. And then the credits will roll. <laughs> yeah. And it'll say, Sean. <laughs> Sean. Oh, no, not again. Um, yeah, I said, is it, I just like the visuals, the tone, and I just think it looks beautiful. And I think the action, if we got a very small bit here, the action does look good. And Timothy Chalamet, I, and when the, him and Zendaya were together, all I kept thinking was, I, I kept viewing him as Tom Holland, even though that's definitely not Tom Holland. I just associate the two of them being together. Oh, they're a two-hander, like, it's... They're a two-hander, they come together. Um, so are you excited about this movie? So this is like the first trailer, so this is kind of a setup for what probably we'll be getting in later trailers. No, I actually am excited for it. I think I think it looks good, and just... I, I, think, I think it's going to be a good movie. Uh, the book, from what I've read, I really like it. Uh, I just haven't had the time to, like, properly sit down and finish it. Mm. But I can watch and two I hours think- of a movie. <laughs> but I can't read but what can you do <laughs> um, so yeah I think that's it for this week's movie Mondays. Um yeah I, I I think the June trailer looks really good uh, we'll probably talk about more when the second and third trailer comes out and we get more it won't just be shots I'm sure they'll they'll drop some more things in in each trailer so a little more plot um, yeah um, do you want to take us out Sean yes thank you everyone for listening to this episode of movie Mondays we will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you goes out to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast, link in the description if you're interested. But special big thanks goes to Charlotte Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, and Dominic. Thank you all so, so much for your support. It really means a lot, and we hope none of you... Uh, I, Ed, I know, I'm sorry about the June stuff. Uh, God, I wish I could be better. If anyone else is a June fan, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, let them all down. I let the I side have the down. Va- I have the facade of idiocy. You do not have that. I had one job, and that was learn what the Eternals are. And then my second yeah. job was June. <laughs> learn what June is. <laughs> And I've done neither of those effectively, so I'm sorry. Damn it, Sean. Um, also, we will say that we released our Patreon exclusive Lazarus Pit on Saturday. So, and sorry, Connor, what did we release? What did we release? Um, we, we released our uh, Lazarus Pit episode. What, no, why, what do you call them? Is there like a four-letter word we could use to sum up 
what that is. Oh, um, oh, Lazarus Pit episode now. Le Pin. It's Pelp. Le Pin? It's the Patreon exclusive Lazarus Pit. It's called Pelp, and we all get pelped up every month. <laughs> Nobody gets pelped up. I um, do. We, we watched the Incredibles movie, which is my favourite movie, and we did a review of it. So hopefully you will head over there. Um, anyone who gives $5 or more a month gets uh, complete access to every single movie review we've done on the Pelp. Um, so that's going back the yes. whole way to February. So you get an extra episode every single month. It's, yeah, and like there, there, there's some good listens in there. Uh, and then there's also Daredevil, which is a terrible movie. But was fun to talk about. <laughs> you can't make it. You can't make chicken sh- salad out with chicken shit. You know what I mean? What? That's just the movie's just there. Oh right, okay. I thought you were taking lunch orders. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, over on the Patreon, if you want to support us over there, thank you all so so much. The best way you can ever support the show is to tell one human being that we exist. Just the one. Just the one, please. And then you can follow us on all the social medias. Twitter, at Heroes for Hire Pod. The four is the number four. Facebook, Heroes for Hire Podcast. Instagram, Heroes for Hire Podcast. Or you can email any questions or any messages to Heroes for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. I think that's about I, it, Connor. I think that's it. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mean. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 